Hi, Tony G Nation. It's good to be back. It's good to be long, back. Long weekend. Yeah. Long weekend. Felt both. long. It did. But it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. Will McCormick, my partner. I'm Tony G, as always. Is that it? Yeah, I guess. to start okay, the show. let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll wrap it up. Okay. That's the second straight episode that I've made that joke. Yeah. Introduced ourselves, and that's it. That's all we got. Pretended to conclude the show. Good show. Everybody laughs every time, so I figured I might as well just keep going for it. Comedy gold. Today is actually a very special day. It's my mother's birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Love you. Let's have a day today. I'm going to be seeing her after Tony G's show gets put up and posted everywhere. So happy birthday, mom. Once again, love you. Let's have a uh, good dinner tonight. Me, her, the brother, and his Mm -hmm. family. It's going to be a good dinner. Other than that, I do have this interesting story, and Will was asking me about this pre- recording because he was like what does this mean Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to write some notes down so i remember to say it i had a dream that we were recording an episode of the tony g show the other night oh and this is kind of how it went my dad and i were going to drive to ohio Mm -hmm. to fly to texas (laughs) okay i don't know why these two states came up in my mind yeah through this dream but before doing so you were here here Right in Tony G uh-huh. Studios. That's awesome. And I was here, and we were supposed to record, and I was going to edit the episode uh-huh. on the drive to Ohio so my dad and I could fly to Texas. That's awesome. I think for a vacation, it was a few nights ago. I don't know why any of this took place. Huh. I, mean, I guess you're just thinking about the show a lot. Maybe I'm thinking about Will a lot. That's, yeah, maybe that's, that's it. You know, I just miss <laughs> Will sometimes. I'm like, you know. <laughs> the weekend gets really long. Yeah. My head is like, you know, I miss this Will kid. Yep. Sure, that's what it comes down to. That's funny, though. It is weird. Yeah. Uh, Another bit of advertising that I have to do before we continue with the Tony G Show is this Friday, the day of this recording, is the first day of March. And this Friday, which would be the 4th, Mm -hmm. I'm giving a speech. Well, how about that? I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. That's right. I'll be there. It's a speech uh, for an event called SNC Talks. It's Mm -hmm. sort of like TED Talks. If you know what a TED Talk is, this is St. Norbert College's version of that. So I will be one of the members giving a speech. Very be excited. A good night. I'm excited. Uh, like, I'm really looking forward to it. I am too. The coaching staff, as well as the other speakers and I being a speaker, are all very excited for this event. We've been putting in a lot of hard work since our first meeting back in October. Yeah, you guys have been working on it for yep. months. The application process was in September. So right. I mean, really since September, this whole school year has been working towards this point. And it's finally culminating. There's a rehearsal tonight. There's a rehearsal. There's a full rehearsal Thursday and then the event on Friday. It's going to be one of the bigger weeks that I've ever had because I'm just going to be so busy. Not to mention, I've I've thought about canceling a Tony G show because we have one to give to still hit our quota of 25 a season before our season ends that second or third week in May. So I figured, should I use this one? Should I cancel? Ah, You know what? I'm Tony G. I can make it all work. I can balance, you know, everything. That I have on my plate. So we're going to continue doing Tony G shows this week. My speech is going to be on the normalization of alcohol. Okay, that's not something any sports related. So I've never talked about it on this platform. But Mm -hmm. that's something I'm going to be speaking about is that normalization of alcohol within our society. It's going to be an eight-minute talk as are all the talks that night going to be eight minutes. So that's what I'm going to be doing that on. And my understanding is it's about um, one of the pillars of respect at St. Norbert, which is own your impact. That's correct. So that's kind of how everyone, they all talk about something different, Yep. but they all kind of relate to that own your impact. There are two statement. or three stories about resilience, how they, uh, how the talks or, or speakers, I should say, have persisted through some things in their life. And then there are some talks. Um, one is from a professor, a math professor here at St. Norbert College. He's one of my favorite professors here too. Yeah. Dr. Laubacher is mm-hmm. He's going to be talking awesome. about math. His talk is entitled, Jesus was the best mathematician or the, or the greatest mathematician. The yeah. greatest mathematician. So, I mean, there's all sorts of different realms of that this talk is coming from. It's not all on alcohol like mine is. It's mm-hmm. not all on persistence like a few of ours are, but... That talk that I will be giving will be cut into a YouTube video, will be posted. I'll probably put that YouTube video once it's out on my website, and then I'll advertise that. So, cool stuff. It'll be a fun Friday. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. I tell you, it's going to be a busy week. I'm going to get to the end of this week and be like, wow. You're going to meet my parents, too. My parents are going to be there. 
Finally. There we go. I tell you what, Tony G Nation. Will's been holding me back from meeting his parents for years now. <laughs> they just don't come that often. So <laughs> I know. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be awesome. Yep. When they do it's for Packer games and then they drop you off at school and they Literally. hit the bricks right to the gone. Right to the top of the country. Yep. Right back to the UP. See you later. <laughs> and I never get to meet him. So it'll be fun. I hope I do get to meet him. Oh you will. You will. Should we even talk sports today or just all this stuff? Well, we probably could end the show here. Okay. I could we could analyze my dream more if you Right. Want. No? Okay. <laughs> Here's what let's preview today's show. Going to be talking Kyler Murray because he wants a raise. And the way I have this in our notes, Will, you want to read this to me? Um, I believe following, it says Kyler Murray wants a raise. It says LOL, (laughs) which probably (laughs) means laugh out loud. Yes, uh, you did read that acronym correctly. Mm -hmm. I am LOLing at the fact that Kyler Murray wants a raise. Kyler Murray, of all quarterbacks, of all people, thinks that he deserves a raise. I'll talk about it. There's a lot he has going for him, and I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk about why I don't think he's earned it just yet. That's the first segment. Our second segment, we're going to switch over to baseball because news broke yesterday that Miami Marlins CEO Derek Jeter, the former shortstop, soon-to-be Hall of Fame shortstop, Derek Jeter has stepped down from the Miami Marlins in that CEO position. I'm going to blast him. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blast him. And the third segment, we're going to do a Wisconsin sports highlight on the Green Bay Packers. It's Feb- it's February. It's March now, actually. It's March. So Packers are not playing. Football is not going on. But this is a very particular segment because this is something that I feel like we should talk about. Yeah, I'm hot about it. Yeah, I'm also hot about it. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what I'm saying is all three segments of today's show is just going to be me blasting people or entities or things. Okay, we, Skip. You know, I tell you what, <laughs> I'm trying not to turn into Skip Bale. I'm trying not to turn into Stephen A. Smith where I just shout through the microphone. But most of today's show is going to be blasting people. It's okay. It's my platform. I get to do what I want. That's right. Okay. Will McCormick, Tony G, Tony G Show. You are listening to the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. Will is available at Willis5312 on Twitter. I'm available at TonyGNation on Twitter at TonyGNation.com for all things Tony G Show and, and Tony G. Follow my Instagram at TonyGOrdana. That is a... Uh, it's a new plug. That is a new plug. Yeah, I don't usually do that one. I posted yesterday a picture about my I broadcasting saw that. stuff. So. Yeah. Cool. At Augustus Media, too, yeah. on Instagram. Good Instagram as well. You haven't been as active, though. No. been focusing on finishing out school first, and okay. we'll get you. back to it once we're through the semester. So. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. I mean, that makes sense. I've got some photos built up, just kind of waiting on them. So. Yeah, yeah. That's Will McCormick. He's you know, just waiting on his content because mm-hmm. he's flawed. You know, he's a content magnet. So with the photography, too, it's all about the grid. So it's like when you go to a profile, it's about like making it look yeah. pleasing. Mm-hmm. It's true. so it's way over the top, and I kind of wish I wasn't into it, but now I am. <laughs> so I'm in too deep, and I have to wait. He admits that it's way over the top. Well, speaking about way over the top, how about the asking price for Kyler Murray? There isn't an actual asking price. He's not coming to the Arizona Cardinals saying, I want this exact figure. And if he is, it hasn't been released publicly yet at the time of this recording. But Kyler Murray has forgotten what it takes to earn a raise. Kyler Murray is heading into the fourth and final year of his rookie deal. He has the fifth-year option still on the table for the Arizona Cardinals for that fifth year after this year. And he's already asking for a raise. I think that he's forgetting what it takes to ask for a raise. Here's the thing with Kyler Murray, though, is he has great on-field talent. He, he does. He is one of the better quarterbacks when it comes to duality of skill set of being able to throw the ball and being able to run the ball. There are things, however, that I see in who he is and how he plays that is not franchise quarterback-esque. So let me lay down this timeline and let me tell you more about why I think that. Here's the timeline of Kyler Murray's career. If you remember, he played at Oklahoma. He had that big debate where he made news if he was going to go play for the Oakland A's, go play baseball. I can't remember if he was a pitcher or a shortstop. That's usually what quarterbacks are when they're debating between football and baseball. So he was going to 
be that baseball player. He was thinking about maybe even doing a two-way sport. And then he said, no, I don't want to do the two-way athlete type of deal. I'm going to do either football or baseball. So then he decided to go football. Got drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2019. He went 5-10-1 that year, went 8-8 eight eight the next in 2020, and then went 9-5 last year as a starter for an Arizona Cardinal team that was 11-6 overall, a team that was 2-1 without him. Here's what happens in the offseason. Kyler Murray then wipes his social media, specifically his Instagram, clean of Cardinal pictures, of him playing for the Cardinals, clean of him being a Cardinal, clean of him even living in Arizona, everything was wiped clean to just two pictures with him playing in the Pro Bowl. And it was actually, people are making speculations it was connecting him to Green Bay. Yes, it was, because the Green Bay Packers coaching staff of Matt LaFleur and company were the coaches for the NFC in the Pro Bowl. So those were the only two pictures that Kyler Murray had on his social media. And so people started to think, hey, with all this Aaron Rodgers stuff up in the Mm -hmm. air, is Kyler Murray to Green Bay a potential outcome of this offseason I don't think that it is and especially after recent news circulating around that says this is another part of the timeline Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are on the same page they're both working towards a common goal yada 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 what it all comes down to is that Kyler Murray wants to get paid more money and I think more than he's worth not because of his on-field play but because of his off-field nature and his character. I'll dive into that more. But here is a statement. Just yesterday, Monday, Kyler and his agent requested that raise from the Arizona Cardinals or a contract extension, if you will. And this is part of what it said. You know, there was a there was a whole big statement on it, one that many people didn't read. I took the time to take. Uh, I took the time to read it in, in preps for this interview. This is part of what, or not interview for this episode. This is part of what I gained from that and the statement and pretty much what came out from Kyler and his agent yesterday. Quote, looking ahead, Kyler believes that in order to consistently compete for championships and ultimately deliver the Valley their first Super Bowl in 33-plus years, there needs to be long-term stability for both the organization and himself. To overtly communicate Kyler's desire to be the Cardinals' long-term quarterback, we sent a detailed contract proposal to the organization. Close quote. So that's pretty much what it's saying. I think that there is another, like, you got to peel that layer off. Like, that's mm-hmm. very wordy. That's very on the surface. It's very public statement-like. If you peel that back and you look at what this is actually saying, Kyler wants a raise. Kyler wants a contract extension. And I think he's going about it. Him and his agent are going about it in this nature of making a public statement and saying all this stuff about the future. And we want to bring a championship to Arizona. The reason he's going about that is because he knows that he doesn't technically earn it. He's not in that upper echelon of quarterbacks that usually get a contract extension at this point in their career. He is basing this asking price off of off of his popularity, mm-hmm. really. And I think he knows that, and I think that's why they're going about it in this direction. I don't know that he necessarily deserves this, and I'll get into that more in like two seconds, but I just want to say that I think that this is a popularity thing with Kyler Murray. I don't think that he has played up to par in order to be able to, you know, ask for this type of asking money, whatever the figure may be. So looking at his stats over, you know, from his rookie season in 2019 through this year, you know, his rookie year, he was, had 20 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That sophomore year, he had 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. This past year, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And so the numbers he put up this year aren't, you know, oh, that was just a weird off year. That's been consistent so far with the passing. Obviously, he has a rushing side of things. But what I think is going to happen is that I have a feeling that that contract will happen because it's the safe bet for Arizona. Yeah, I think Murray's good enough to, like, to make a team want to take a gamble on him and see like if he pans out. But I don't think that he's like the kind of player that could change a team at the same time. I get that. You know, like he's kind of like the safe bet, but it's also like it might not pan out where like if they get rid of him, that's a huge gamble. You also have to think of the timing of this asking. This year, this NFL draft that's coming up in just about a month, it, it's not a very quarterback heavy draft. It's, no. There's not a lot of... T- Trevor Lawrence's or there's not a lot of you know 
Kyler Murray's or Baker Mayfield-esque, you know, whether they panned out in the NFL or not. They're the big-name guys that are going to go in the top five. There's not necessarily that namesake in this year's draft. Granted, he is under contract for this year, but, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of has that feeling with the way things go in sports that if he doesn't get that extension now, you know, he's probably not going to play or this or that, and they're going to have to look into other options. But to your point, you know, it's coming at a time when Kyler Murray – year after year, starting to figure out, and he's getting better. I mean, he's starting to figure out the NFL. I think he's too young, though, to ask for this extension. I think he really has to put together a beautiful fourth and final year to this rookie contract and then start to ask for Because if you ask for money now, you're not going to get as much as you would if you have a stellar fourth and final year of this contract coming up in the next NFL season. Right. I think he should wait. I think that's part of my argument is he should wait. But my overall argument is that he just doesn't deserve it right now. I don't think now is the time for it. And I do hit you mentioned that he and we've been mentioning this all show really that he has this duality of being a passer and a rusher. Mm-hmm. Murray is along the names of or behind the names of Cam Newton and Josh Allen, who are the only quarterbacks in the NFL to rush for twenty rushing touchdowns. After their first three seasons, Kyler Murray is on that list as well. Only three people have ever done that. Kyler Murray's one of them. Yeah. The only quarterback in NFL history with 70 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns after the first three years of their career. Kyler Murray is the only one to do that. Then another thing to, to go towards his case is that the Cardinals were 3-13 and before he arrived. Right. This was a team that started 7-0 and last year. Granted, they finished 11-6, and went, what is it, 5-0? and Six down the stretch. But they started 7-0. and They showed some flashes of being one of the best teams in the NFL. With all that being said, I don't know that Kyler Murray has really put together the type of career to this point where he should be asking for a raise. He has yeah. more to yeah. prove in his young stature. His body, He has that body language issue. You know, I was his biggest fan about a year and a half ago, but there was always this case in – post-game press conferences, on the sidelines when they're losing or this or that. His body language, his nature about him when things aren't going the right way speaks to me that he's not necessarily a guy that the Cardinals should hitch their wagon to in the long term because, you know, there's some issues there. And you could say, yeah, there's some with Aaron Rodgers, but that's Aaron Rodgers. You could say, yeah, there's some with, you know, insert whatever name here who has – quote-unquote problems with the front office, and it would probably fit. But Kyler Murray is different because he has more to prove. He's so young. He hasn't proven his on-field nature yet that he deserves this amount of raise. Now, if you put to- – I'm not saying he yeah, won't, well, but if you put together a fourth year, now's the time yeah. to ask for a raise, you know? Would you agree, though, that, like, if they get rid of Murray, this is a massive gamble for Arizona because they've built a lot to this point around him. That's and true. And if they don't find that guy, yeah, they're back to 3-13. and 13. You know, here's another thing. Is Cliff Kingsbury going to be there? There was a lot of talk. Is right. Kingsbury going to leave and head back to college because he's having a tough time here? In the, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I do think that that will play a part in it because if Kyler Murray, you know, just hypothetically here, kind of sidebar hypothetical story. If Kyler Murray wants to re-sign with the Cardinals and let's say the Arizona Cardinals lose Cliff Kingsbury for whatever reason, they fire him, he goes back to the college or he just opts to leave or whatever it may be and Cliff Kingsbury is not there, then that's the time for Kyler Murray to ask to leave because this is an organization that's going to start to rebuild again. This is an organization who has older men on this team of J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins who are still talented, some of the best in the league at their position, but now dealing with injury. They are now injury prone. They are now taking up a lot of cap space. So look at the situation of the Cardinals. I'm not saying Kyler Murray shouldn't ask to be back. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think there's just too much up in the air right now for you to say that this is the team I want to be with for the rest of my career. Because yeah, if yeah. Kyler Murray hits the free agent market, he could go to Pittsburgh, where mm-hmm. I think that's a much better situation for him. He could go to Carolina, where I think that's probably, you know, they got some work to do. But yeah. I don't think it's as good as Arizona. But, I mean, like, there's other opportunities out there where he can fit right in, slide right in, and be the quarterback of the future. What if, you know, there's a shuffle within the NFC West, say, and this is probably not going to happen of course, but just, you know, hypothetically. Let's say Russell Wilson gets traded. Mm-hmm. He could go to Seattle. Uh, granted, Arizona's not going to trade him in conference. I get that. You know, the mm-hmm. same could be said for San Francisco. Jimmy G's not there anymore. What if they trade? What if they swap like Trey Lance and Kyler Murray? You know, th- but there's opportunities there 
for Kyler Murray to hit the free agent market and find a better situation. So there's a lot of reasons. I don't one, I don't think he deserves it. One, I don't think he should be asking now for multiple, multiple reasons. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, really, I think your statement of his his final season and his rookie contract is going to really determine. Yeah. And I and I really feel like Arizona is going to wait to sign him until after that point because really what we're looking at right now is that type of quarterback that can throw okay. But when you have a quarterback rushing for 11 touchdowns in a season, I mean, looking at Aaron Rodgers' stats, I believe the most he's ever ran in a season is five in yeah. 2009. Like, and I know people say, oh, but running quarterbacks are starting to make it. But looking at the evidence, I mean, look at Cam Newton. He's not really that effective anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's just... That's the longevity. The, yeah, the longevity. That's just the, the, the facts. You know, he was a great quarterback at the time. In his prime, he was scary good. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But I think... Murray really needs to focus in on his passing ability. And I understand a lot of the interceptions he threw this year were not his fault. But at the same time, 24 touchdowns is really, really low compared to some of the numbers that we're seeing a lot of these superstars put up. Well, when you think of why some running backs don't get another contract, it's because, you know, right? they get hit a lot. Yes. They get hit on every play. They don't necessarily put together a good career for themselves because... Mm-hmm. They become injury prone. It's the same thing with running quarterbacks. If Kyler Murray, you know, I'm not saying it's happened recently or it's going to happen, but, you know, just looking at it, Cam Newton's a great example. Mobile quarterback, got hit a lot, mm-hmm. now he's getting injured. Kyler Murray missed three games last year, mobile quarterback. You and see he, the trend? Yeah, and here's the thing, too, to think Lamar about. Lamar Jackson missed games last year, mobile yeah. quarterback. We, we always talk about the um, advantage you get with a rookie contract. Yeah. When Murray becomes expensive, because he will be, he's going to be more than he's worth now. That's without a doubt. Very soon, yeah. It's going to be hard to put a team around him that can make up for his lack of ability to throw the ball. That's a good point. At least that what he's shown. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I think he's great, and he would fit in with a lot of teams. But with as expensive quarterbacks are, it's going to be hard for Arizona to be competitive with an expensive deal. I'm, okay, so this is a good transition here. Aside from whether you think Kyler Murray should or should not get a raise or should or should not be asking for a raise at this time, are the Cardinals in a position to really make a run for a championship in the next five years? That's what, yeah. I don't think so. I think beyond this one year, like this final year is going to be really it for them. I think this year, the start of this year, the 7-0 and start was kind of fraudulent to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they were playing good football. They were beating good football teams. They took the Packers to the wire in that first yeah. loss they had in the year. You know, but... The way that they finished the season, five and six, the way that they played in that wild card game, that wild card game when they lost to the Rams spoke volumes to me because they were never in it. A 34 to 11 loss in Los Angeles in the wild card round. You know, it's the playoffs now. You can't be losing like that. I get right. that's the team that went on to win the Super Bowl, but if you're not competing against that team, then you're not in a position to be. It's just part of expanded playoffs. Now that they're doing Super Wild Card Weekend, it's like baseball is debating whether making 14 teams allowed to get into the postseason well let's just have everybody get into it then you know what i mean right that's and that's my i guess my point kind of leading up to that is that murray is a good quarterback but when he's expensive he's not the type of player that's gonna make up for the lack of of the ability to sign players to you know support him to build a supporting cast agreed right now he's cheap and look what he's able to do yeah they're competitive they every year they're going to be competitive with murray that's without a doubt but they're not like a deep playoff push team at least that they look right now. Well, you know, they go spend all this money on a J.J. Watt. They right. go put Which together a burned. trade for DeAndre got burned. Hopkins. You know, and the J.J. Watt thing is really a burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a bummer. It is. You know, not in a way of like, oh, I told you so. They shouldn't have signed him. You know, if J.J. Watt's there and he's going to sign a contract that you feel is fair, yeah, you got to take him. Right. But it's just one of those things where he's not going to play 16 games ever again in his career. No. It just won't happen. Or 17 now, I suppose. He's just not going to do that. Besides from that, there's a lot of older members of this team, but also a lot of younger members of this team, and I just don't think they have that happy balance of coaching, of playing, of talent, where they can put together a deep run into the playoffs. I really like Christian Kirk, Mm -hmm. but to me, to kind of bring this back into the argument, I don't know that Kyler Murray should be asking for a raise because I don't know, one, that he's earned it, and two, I don't know that this is the right time to ask for a raise. I think if you have a great year, then you're really going to... you know, It's one of those things where... You're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you don't like win the MVP next year, and I'm being dramatic, you know, there's other ways that you can have a great year without winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. But just 
to be dramatic, if you don't win the MVP next year, then you know you may not be able to get that raise. But if you ask for a raise now and you win the MVP next year, again, the MVP is just a dramatic term that I'm using to be dramatic, then you've costed yourself millions of dollars because you've asked for a raise when you could have raised your market value with another year that you were going to have regardless because it's part of your contract in this fourth and final year. So it led me to think, does he want this bigger contract because he thinks that he can get it because this is the way the market goes. The market is increasing year by year. Oh, yeah. Yep. Players can get more money. Players can get more money. Players can get more money. Teams have more money to give out. Players can get more money. It's like this steady incline. It's like this, this curve up in the market of how much money is being thrown around the players and stuff like that. And I wonder, does this have anything to do with announcer contracts that are being given out by these huge networks? There's reports that Troy Aikman is leaving Fox Sports. You know, he's had that number one position for like two decades now almost with Joe Buck. Is he going to leave that position to go to ESPN for reportedly over like $20 million a year or whatever? I, there's no exact figures being thrown out. But, you know, Tony Romo gets like that high of a contract. I think he gets like $16 million a year for CBS. You know, Al Michaels is now in the loop. Is he going to go to Amazon? Is he going to come back to NBC? Is he going to go to ESPN or wherever he might go? And he's like 77 now. So, I mean, he's towards the end of his career. So he's going to want to make all the money he can get. Is the number, so the question I'm asking here that we can discuss is the amount given to announcers increasing the amount that players are asking for? Is that increasing right. the demand? Well, and actually. You bring this up, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to be able to remember the exact company that made this offer, but I want to say it was Amazon, but don't take my word for it. But there was some streaming platform that offered to pay Sean McVay $100 yes. million dollars to yep. give up coaching and, and to be a color commentator. Yep. $100 million. You don't have to do any planning. You have to just basically study each team yeah. and announce. There's prep work to it. Yeah, there's prep. Right, but it's right, not but the same as it's like different. coaching. Yeah, it's different. There's not like, you know, you're around scouting. It's more like just prepping. I'm not I'm not digging your your <laughs> No, I get what you're saying. Your I just industry wanted to make sure that we were both on the same page. Yes. With it. There's there's that amount of work that he's going to have to do, but it is nowhere you're right. It is nowhere near to being a head coach in the NFL. Right. Well, and just in the terms of like enjoyment, like I imagine announcing is fun because you yeah. get to just basically watch a game and talk about it where coaching you're literally stressing about every single aspect of the game. Yes. All 11 of your men on the field at a time is and, your responsibility. And that's for a coach. So imagine the incentive for a player to only get out of getting hurt yeah. and get paid you know, equal amount of money. That certainly is a factor. You know, and the Sean McVay thing, I want to talk about that. Well, just while we're on this topic, and we'll segue back to Kyler Murray to wrap up this discussion, is Sean McVay, I mean, he would be great in that announcer position, but... Holy cow. I mean, for a guy that has no broadcast experience. I know. To throw some money that way. I mean It was I, Amazon. It was Amazon? Yep. I could see that. That's a high money that's a high money uh company. But like, you know, even with Tony Romo, you know, yeah, they're good in the booth. They can use that yellow marker and draw up all sorts of plays for you and break down what's happening. But are they good with the delivery? Are they a good broadcaster? Is it the best option that you can find? Right. And you're going to throw $100 million at somebody who has no experience in his life. Troy Aikman, I could see that because mm -hmm. Troy Aikman's proven himself. He's yeah. done Super Bowls. He's yeah. done it all. I mean, he's one of the best in the game. Someone with no broadcast experience, Tony Romo, Sean McVay. Right. You're going to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at these guys. So they imagine your next analyst. Holy yeah, and cow. imagine what they're thinking about. Like, okay, this is what I'm getting with no experience. Where am I going to be? Two contracts from now. Yeah. So for like McVeigh, do you? Okay, that's just, that'd just be dumb. What I'm about to say, but like, do you turn down that hundred million dollar contract, take a lesser contract to get some experience, and say, hey, I got some experience now, and then make that hundred million, hundred and twenty-five million dollar contract? I mean, to me, golly, this is weird. It it just seems like a no-brainer in terms of just like work-life balance. It just it. Yeah. I would imagine <laughs> being a commentator would be much more enjoyable. In terms of, I mean, maybe people really love the game and that's what they like to do. And I, I, I'm not shutting that down. But. Yeah. Sean McVay just got married. So maybe there's potential for him starting a family. And you know how much time goes into being a head coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're working 
at OTAs, at meetings, at the draft. I mean, you're working year round. If you're an analyst, you're not necessarily doing that. You know, so I wonder what did make this decision for Sean McVay. And it's just, you got to love capitalism, I guess. Right. I mean, love earning as much as you can, squeezing every penny out of your namesake and your value. His extension must be more than 100 million then. Yeah, really. Because see, now tie it back to Kyler Murray. Does he see other quarterbacks getting? It's like Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid quarterback. I remember, Mm -hmm. okay, I remember an article that I read over a decade ago about the highest paid, highest paid players in baseball. And Alex Rodriguez took it with like 30 million. Mm -hmm. And the next highest was like Prince Fielder with 24 or something like that. And I thought, wow, 30 million is really the threshold (laughs) of like, if you make 30 million a year, you are the best. And then it became 35 and then it became 40. Mm -hmm. And now Patrick Mahomes is making 45 million a year. And now Aaron Rodgers is asking for 50 million a year. And it's like, when do we stop? Right. Are you going to make a hundred million dollars a year? Right. And this all circles back to that discussion I was having before, but with players like Mahomes and Rodgers, their ability is worth that much money. Yeah, you're right. And then you have players like, and I, there's, there's just certain players in the NFL that play to an ability that they're just good enough to be like, yeah, maybe they're worth paying, but they're going to hurt the team in the long run because they're so expensive and their play cannot make up for that lack of yeah. uh, supporting cast. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a very good point. I mean, it's just it. Kyler Murray would be another example of getting that contract extension too early, mm-hmm. or without him proving himself, or just as a result of the market rising. You know, it's and you could argue for the player side that if the market rises, why can't my salary rise too? Okay, but at some point, this is going to come to a head where we're playing, where we're paying, you know, second string players, guys who are, you know, special Not, teams players. Yeah. 30 million a year and it's like well you know at right what point, at what point do we have that cutoff or maybe the gap is going to be too big where kyler murray makes that 50 million dollar a year threshold and then you know the, the running back can't get that much or whatever the right. wide receiver whoever skilled position players are stuck getting eight nine million a year because there's no money to go around mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see how this all comes out i don't want to be negative and be like oh this is this can't happen but you know it's just the market it's the way it goes and i'm just saying that you know that this type of money goes to an Aaron Rodgers esque player, it goes yeah. to a Patrick Mahomes esque player. What it'll take, it's going to take a team to say no, really, and, and cut that, it, which I really don't see happening because no. it's such a risk. Yeah, especially in the Cardinals scenario, if they don't have Murray, they're not going to be a winning team. Yeah, but I don't think that their longevity is really secured with him either. It's a good discussion. Let us know what you think at TonyGNation.com, at TonyGNation on Twitter at Willis five three one two on Twitter. Segment number two. How dare Derek Jeter step down from the Miami Marlins? How dare he? This is a man who just announced he's stepping down from the CEO position with the Marlins. He earned that position in 2017 in Miami with this statement, and I quote, Today I am announcing that the Miami Marlins and I are officially ending our relationship, and I will no longer serve as the CEO nor as a shareholder in the club. We had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins franchise around. And as CEO, I have been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan a reality. Through hard work, trust, and accountability, we transformed every aspect of the franchise wrong, reshaping the workforce and and developing a long-term strategic plan for success. That said, the vision for our future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside and a new season begins, close quote. I didn't mean the, the part where I said wrong. That was not part of his quote. That was me. Mm-hmm. Wrong. I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead, Will, and then I'll elaborate. So he's basically as good as a CEO as is he as playing shortstop. <laughs> now that's the Jason Fonder take <laughs> if I've ever heard it. That is a Jason. F- you were just letting Jason Fonder work that thought into your mind. Yep. Okay. Listen. Here's the thing. What? When did I say wrong? At what point? When he said. Uh, we have transformed every aspect of the franchise. Yeah, except the the winning part. Yeah. That part never changed. Mm-hmm. You know what part did change? The fact that you traded away all the real talent that the CEO and the front office prior to you had built. That's what you did in Miami. You like, traded yeah. away Christian Yelich. You traded away Marcelo Zuna. You tra- traded away JT Real Muto. And oh, by the way, you traded away Giancarlo Stanton to your former club in the New York Yankees. 
when that trade happened, okay, you know what I said? He just helped his former team. He, he wanted to get rid of John Carlos Stanton, and he called his former team and said, I'll give you first dibs. I'm not, I don't know that that's true, but I just think that's what yeah. happened because it just had that scent. Right. They gave him, they gave the highest played player in baseball at that time to the New York, New York Yankees, the team that Derek Jeter used to play for. For a block of cheese. Something like that. I don't remember the exact <laughs> names, but it was like, so, okay. He's he transformed every aspect of the organization. Yeah, you did. You traded away the top talent. And, you know, there are positives to it, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay, so you finished over 500 once since you became the CEO, and that was a season where you went two games over 500. You were 31 and 29. Wow. That was the COVID-shortened <laughs> year in 2020. They got swept in the NLDS three games to none. You know what they did next? the next year after that, just this last season? Finished 67 and 95. Whew. Okay, so you transformed every aspect of the of the organization because you got into the playoffs the one year that it was shortened and they allowed more teams in. Wow. The one positive he does have going for him is he hired uh, Kim Eng to be the first female GM in history. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that was the right move. Too. Yeah, I moving mean, she forward. Has a lot of, she has a lot of merit to her. Right. But the rest okay so that's the one positive i don't i just don't want i throw that in there because i don't want to make an argument seeing that he never did anything good in miami you know, right he, you know there was there was that move with the gm there was of course finishing over 500 but <laughs> that here we go that finishing over 500 i mean is there much merit to it if it's by two mm, games no 31 and 29 60 game year and you finish two games over 500 what aspect of the organization changed in Derek Jeter's time? It got worse. Um, none. <laughs> exactly. So I think, and you know why I think this didn't work out is because Derek Jeter came from the New York Yankees and he tried to take over the Miami Marlins and do this you know, high-flying, big deal type of takeover with the organization. And it didn't work because the Miami Marlins don't have the money that the New York Yankees do. The Miami Marlins ranked 27th in the major in MLB in team payroll 27th that means they have the third fourth lowest payroll in all of baseball that means they get the fourth third fourth least amount of money in the game of baseball so Derek Jeter stepping down after five years tells me that he couldn't make this change he thought he was this big baller type of come in and just you know, throw some deals around I'll get some real talent in here and we'll compete Nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. You know what he did? He took away, I guess he changed the stadium. He took away that big sculpture in center field that fans liked. He took away the... the <laughs> that they liked. <laughs> he took away the fish pond behind home, uh, behind behind the dish that everybody liked. He took away the uniforms and redid that. Now, granted, that was probably the better switch. But still, it was like, you didn't, you did, you did nothing, Derek. You're stepping down now because... Things aren't going away because you ended up not winning. How dare you? How dare you trade away the top talent that Miami, that that was the only thing the Marlins organization had to rope themselves into somehow being a successful major league organization, and you throw it away. You trade it to your other teams. You help out your old team, and then you step aside three years later and go, well, I did what I could, but we're just different-minded, so I'm going to step away. How dare you step down? So let me ask you, what do you think this does to the illusion of Derek Jeter's legacy? Mm, nothing, because it's Derek Jeter. And, you know, his on-field play is his on-field play, whether you or Jason Fonder think he wasn't a great shortstop. And now, granted, he might not have been the best defensive shortstop ever, and I get that. Which is the whole position as a play defense, but that's besides the point. <laughs> that's, not, that's not besides the point, but it's like the guy had 3,000 hits, you have to remember. So there's some merit to it. But either way, I think that there, he's still going to be elected to the Hall of Fame. This is probably going to be forgotten about. I don't know if he's going to want to get back into being a front office. But this... This run as a front office exec with the Marlins really showed me that some of these high market teams, some of these high market guys just can't make it work in some of these lower markets. It just doesn't happen. Do you think he goes out and gets another job or do you think he's done now? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if this is something that he got tired of and was like, okay, we're just not winning. We're just a different minded, so I'm going to step away. Or mm -hmm. if it was something where, you know, uh, I'm going to go try my luck somewhere else or right. just... I don't know. I don't know what it was. It wouldn't surprise me if he tried to. 
I bet he'll go to New York. I bet That's what Yan- I was going to say. He made that trade, and he'll be like, all right, I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, but, you know, and I feel like this old man shaking my fist at the sky, but it's like, doesn't that just seem fitting that Derek Jeter would trade Stanton to the Yankees and mm-hmm. then just years later be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go join the Yankees, my former team, and <laughs> maybe try to throw together a World Series team and probably do it. Like, doesn't that just seem fitting? Like, it just seems kind of inauthentic to me that there was some backstory here. And I'm not saying this is some conspiracy where Derek Jeter did this the whole time, but I'm essentially am. Okay, it's like, what? It It's just frustrating to me because I'm tired of seeing the rich get richer in sports and specifically baseball. That's part of the reason that we can't have a baseball season because the CBA is trying to push through agreements so that teams are more equal with that competitive bargaining tax or whatever they call it, the competitive, you know, pretty much like a salary cap, evening the playing field so that the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox can't give $300 million to give to their players while the Marlins are getting like $125 mm-hmm. million. You know, it has to even out. All How this, dare they? You yeah. Know? All this just for the Yankees to finish third in the AL East. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Rays are uh, looking pretty good. The Red Sox are always good. Imagine how average that team would be if there were salary caps. Yeah. You know, same for the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Imagine if they couldn't go trade for Mookie Betts. Imagine if they couldn't give another contract to Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller. Imagine if they couldn't go buy contracts to some of these guys that they bring in, Max Scherzer, and it's like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine if it was even. Imagine if, you know, players didn't go to where they just got the most money because the money that they're getting is pretty much even. You know, like in the NBA, you have a super max deal for LeBron mm-hmm. from, you know, 20 organizations around the N- NBA. It's just a matter of where he wants to go. Think he can, and granted, he went to Los Angeles, so I, I guess there goes my moot point about big markets getting the best players. But it's like you know, yeah, it's just, so it's just frustrating to watch. If Jeter fan. Jeter goes to the Yankees, you heard it here first. We called yeah, it. We called it. We I'm did. serious though. I, you know, like there's that edge of like sarcastic joke, joking that I'm like, you know, he's probably going to go to the Yankees, but why wouldn't would it, he? Like. Think about this logically. Would it not surprise you in the least if that happened? No, I wouldn't Derek really. Jeter went to join the Yankees in the front no, office. Because just think of what that would do for his uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. Give him that much more of just a little push. If, especially know? if they won the World Series. Yeah, like, oh, oh, he yeah. could do it as a player and as a front office exec. Oh, we'll just forget about those five years you spent <laughs> cleaning out Miami. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's such a joke to me that, I don't know. It's It's just, it makes me mad that there is this, it's not corruption because it happens right in front of us, but it just makes me mad that there is like this one side in this towards the big markets in sports. It just it, it gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Like Cincinnati and Los Angeles playing, and you know, granted Los Angeles is a big market team, but like these teams that aren't in it every year, you know, it it makes sports more enjoyable. To watch. It really does. You like that? It really does. Story. Yeah, All everybody. Right, old does. man shaking his fist at the sky. Done. Not really. Not really, because I got one more segment to talk about. This Wisconsin sports highlight with the Green Bay Packers. and This is something that has made me mad ever since it came out. The Green Bay Packers are having a home game moved to London for the 2022 upcoming NFL year. All right. Wrong. Why would that happen? This is a complete preposterous move from the NFL. I, You know, it, here's let me break this down. The NFL are trying to play games overseas in London and Europe. You know, baseball is doing it too to expand their brand across the world. Okay, that's fair. But to do that, they can't keep sending Jacksonville and Miami over there every year with these teams that have no wins, one win. You know, Miami got their first win of the season, or Jacksonville got their first win of the season against Miami over there last year. So you can't keep sending these teams. You have to send better teams. But if they're the better teams and they are selling out home games like the Green Bay Packers yeah. have sold out for years and years and years. And they're, you know, to, to buy, you can't even buy season tickets to the Green Bay Packers. And I'm sure it's like this most around the rest of the NFL because it's so popular. But the Green Bay Packers, the waiting list, my dad's been on the waiting list for like my whole life. Mm-hmm. And he's still like 3,000th in line. Yeah. So you're going to take a home game away from that franchise and move it to London. All I'm saying is it better be a gold ticket game. <laughs> <laughs> season ticket holders better get emailed. Hey yo, it's gold. It's gold pass. You guys are yeah. the ones because it's just in London, but you still get a ticket. If it's one of my home games that I get to go to, you know, it's oof. it's so preposterous to me that this is even like, <laughs> yeah. Why, why can't it be a neutral site game? You know, right. now that there's the seventeenth game. You have eight home games. You have eight road games, and you do it on a neutral site. 
you know, granted, every team can't play over in London every week, but why not, like, in the division? Every team is going to go play there. You have a neutral site game. Boom. Done. Yeah, I, and I, I was joking. I mean, I think just in general, taking away a home game is a huge disadvantage to a franchise, like you said, especially like Green Bay. I mean, they're selling out 70,000-plus tickets mm-hmm. a game. Almost 80,000. And Right, and they want to get... Obviously, the more popular teams overseas, so they get more fans and kind of expand that, you know, that horizon overseas. But those teams that are like really selling out, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just it seems, and, and maybe this is my you know my fan bias and just wanting people to go to as many games as I can yeah. and experience that. But man, Lambeau special. That's like half. That's that's a good portion of the Green Bay Packers is where they play is the historic Lambeau Field. Exactly. So when you think about teams that play at home fields, you know, you, why would you send a Kansas City or a Seattle where it's really loud? Exactly. Fans love to go to games. Green Bay where it's so historic. Why wouldn't you send the Los Angeles Rams who don't come from a football town? There's so much going on in Los Angeles. Right. You can't tell me they're selling out every game. There's more fans the Los in St. Angeles Louis. Rams who just won the Super Bowl to London. Exactly. That would expand your brand. But no, let's send one of the organizations that sell out every game. Let's cost them a home game. That's yeah. just terrible. And I think part of the reason why that Green Bay was one of the teams to go over this year was mostly just because it was, I think they were the last team to do it. Yeah. Every team in the NFL besides Green Bay has gone overseas at that point. I, I, I think it has. I, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, look that I'll up. look it up. I There was a... Um, there was a visual I saw somewhere. I'll yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly who is all gone overseas. You know, I, I just off the top of my head, I can't remember the Viking of the Vikings playing overseas. I can't remember the Steelers ever doing it. I can remember teams like Jacksonville and New York, the, the Jets. I can remember the yep. Dolphins. So Press, what, what, what Press Gazette said uh, I have an article titled "Green Bay Packers: The Only NFL Team That Hasn't Played a Regular Season Game Overseas." Okay, we'll play in London this year. So just to, to back that up, I did see a visual somewhere that it was like. You know, the UK or whatever, their promotional site kind of posted it like it was like the final piece of the puzzle. Whatever it may be, I think that there's good news on the horizon. The Packers are going to lose a home game. But there's potential to pick up a big event in the years following. Ready for this, Will? Mm -hmm. According to, at the time that I wrote this document, uh, this script for today's show that we follow, at the time that I wrote it, I saw from Rachel Hopmeyer on Twitter, at Rachel Hopmeyer, that and this later came out with ESPN and other outlets as well, that the Green Bay Packers are one of the three finalists to host the 2024 NFL Draft. The other two are Detroit and Washington. Washington being not Seattle, Washington, but Washington, D.C., like the commanders, the football team type of team. I was just so confused for a second. I was like, wait, XFL? Because they were the commanders. There was a commanders team in XFL. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, it took me a minute to remember, oh, yeah, they, they finally decided on a name. Commanders is pretty dumb anyways. But yeah. Uh, so she also cites that league meetings at the end of March will hold the final decision. So there's a way we know by the end of the month if Green Bay is going to have mm-hmm. a draft. I don't know what it would look like in Detroit. I think that's, you know, go to the Motor City. Okay, you know, I could they, they hold big events. They held WrestleMania yeah. like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, Washington, you know, it's Washington. Green Bay's putting up Title Town mm-hmm. District. I would say, and maybe you can argue with me on this or, you know, add your two cents, but Detroit and D.C. definitely have more of the infrastructure to support hmm. a draft. Yeah. I would, yeah. That's without a doubt, right? And, you know, that's why the Super Bowl doesn't come to Green Bay. Part because it's, it's cold, but, like, are there enough hotels? Like, they just put up a new hotel. There's a couple mm-hmm. hotels in the area. There's, like, two or three motel, motels that are right, right. around Green Bay, Ashwaubenon area, right by Lambeau. But yeah. it's like, do they... Do, I don't think that we understand how much traffic comes to the city that a Super Bowl or an NFL draft is in. You might think in retrospect, or not retrospect because that's after the fact, but you might think that you know, looking at it from an outside perspective or, or a overhead view, mm-hmm. like a bird's eye view, you might think, yeah, this could hold. I tell you what, there is so many homes and houses in Green Bay that take up the space. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm all for it. But it just, it's just a fact of the matter. Yeah. That it takes away from some of the space that you can use to vendors, that you can give to restaurants or organizations well, or other yeah. things that fit into the whole atmosphere of a city hosting a Super Bowl or a draft. I don't think Green Bay has that. I think there's definitely space for it in terms of like they could use... What's the... Um, the event center across the road there. The Resh. Resh the Resh. They center. could use the Resh. So that's probably where it would be held. Yeah. So I think they have the facilities for it. I just think the supporting cast side of things is going to be something that 
unless there's a lot in works that you and I both don't know about. I mean, 2024 is a good amount of time from now. Yeah. So that, you know, a lot of, a lot can change between now and then. Would you uh, buy a ticket to that? I think it kind of depends. I mean, I would like to go and, and experience mm-hmm. it, especially in Lambo. That'd be pretty historic. My argument is, you know, it's probably going to be expensive. It's probably going to be, boring, oh, yeah. you know, three days of watching the draft. It's mm-hmm. like, come on. But how many times is it going to come to your hometown? Exactly. I mean, I would definitely try to make it work out where I can at least go and just see like, wow, this is the whole production of a draft. And this is like really how much space it would take up to hold a draft. Because I, I mean, I've been arguing it for years. I would love to see it here. And this is this is looking great that we're in the finals, but I, the realistic side of me can understand that Detroit and Washington has much greater infrastructure to support a draft. I think it's going to be Washington. I think this. so, too. Yeah. The capital. Yep. New name. Yep. Exactly. It's the, it's the new team yeah. thing for me that does it. They're probably going to go there and be like, oh, the Washington. Yeah, let's all love the new name for the commanders. Right. That, that, you know. How long have the, has the NFL been kind of using the the narrative of historic Lambeau Field? You know, like that's something we've been hearing for years. Yeah, and it would be something new to hear about the Commanders. That's yeah. So that's why I could see that change. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we can hold our breath, right? <laughs> oh, you didn't mean literally. No, no, no. I mean like hopefully oh, that it comes to Green oh, okay. Bay. But good idea. Good discussions today. Yeah, fun one. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so negative, Tony G Nation. It just kind of came out. You know, I had mm-hmm. to make these arguments. I take the opposing stand from what's, you know, beneficial to the players or the organization or Derek Jeter, and I just take the opposite. That's what I feel is the answer. I didn't mean to be so negative, all right? Mm-hmm. Just, just happens ha- sometimes. Just happens. We'll have a more positive show on Thursday, which will be our 10th episode of the season. It's crazy. Isn't that nuts? 15 to go. Don't mention it. It's going to go fast. Then you have SNC Talks on Friday. That'll be fun. SNC Talks. That's coming out. Watch out at mm-hmm. TonyGNation.com, at TonyGNation on Twitter, at Tony at Tony Giordana on Instagram, Willis5312 on Twitter, mm-hmm. Augustus Media on Instagram. Sir. Any more plugs that I have to give out? I don't think so. No. Go to SNC Talks. Yes, sir. There's still, still some seats <laughs> oh. available. So. <laughs> oh, you're telling Tony G Nation. Go out there and check it out. It'll All be right. Fun. That's a good show. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. We'll see you again on Thursday for another episode of the Tony G Show.